0: One thing they said was that in absolutely every meeting, they always have an empty uh, seat, an empty chair. Why? Because that's the place the customer is sitting at. So the customer is always there in all every single meeting.
1: And we are back for series three of transformation stories from the award-winning Belltech Cafe. This series, we're talking innovation, commerce, emotive marketing, and career changes. We'll also dip into trends in fintech, digital health, retail, mobility, manufacturing, and speak to CEOs, CDOs, SMEs, and lots of other acronyms too. As always, you can expect gloriously unscripted discussions that shed an open and transparent light on the ebb and flow of our digital world. I'm Tizzy Philp, and welcome to the podcast. 16 years ago, global logistics firm PostNord began creating and releasing an annual commerce report, eBarometer. It's a temperature check of the state of commerce in the Nordics. The megatrends, challenges, consumer preferences and opportunities that continue to evolve and gain precedence. Far from being purely focused on the logistics industry, the report gives an overview of the state of commerce across sectors. One of the leading figures in the creation of the report is e-commerce advisor, Soledad Gonzalez. As a lecturer, market analyst, and keynote speaker, I'm delighted to welcome Soledad to the podcast to discuss what she has termed the four E's of commerce. So let's begin, Soledad. Welcome. Thank you very much, Tizi. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's begin with an introduction to you and your background and what it is about the evolution of e-commerce that has sparked your interest so much in recent years. Yeah, sure. Uh, As I said, my name is Soledad. Um,
0: So you may understand that I'm not from Sweden. I live in Sweden. I've been living here for 10 years now, but I come originally from Argentina. And I work as an e-commerce advisor, as you said, in Postnode. Postnode is a Nordic company, logistic companies, and we have... Uh, Of course, a lot of focus on e-commerce. In in my current role, I basically share our knowledge. We follow trends on the market and I'm really passionate about e-commerce and digital in general. Also, how it forms retail and how we consume. I think it's really, really exciting. A big part of my role as well in Hostnode is working with our report e-barometer, as you said initially. And previously, I worked as a project manager for the report, but nowadays I work a lot more strategically with questions such as what's going on in the market? What topics are hot right now? What is interesting for our customers? I mean, retail actors and uh, merchandisers. We really want to show that that we have a lot of insights. We really believe that knowledge and insights are a great way to develop businesses and stay ahead of the curve. What really hooked me about e-commerce, I'd say that was that it's really fast-paced, changing all the time. And I really like also the future outlook of working with e-commerce. I'm a kind of fast-paced person myself. (laughs) I talk fast, think fast, you know, and what some of my colleagues call call me Speedy Gonzalez. (laughs) So (laughs) I think it's really attractive that it's a fast-moving industry and that's, undergone a lot of changes yeah
1: awesome that's amazing and we've got so much to talk about in this in this conversation so i'm very uh, excited to get stuck in because In uh, some of our listeners might remember in our last series, we talked to Vtex analyst in residence, Jordan Jewell, about the six trends defining the future of commerce. So it's obviously something that's very close to our hearts as well. But today we're hearing about the four E's. So a slightly different track, but tell us what they are. What are these four E's and why it's making increasing sense to think of commerce in these terms, in this context? Yeah,
0: I think that I just wanted to... uh, Have a look at e-commerce in a a different perspective. And I would kind of challenge a little bit this idea of the traditional marketing mix, uh, the four Ps, I mean, product, price, promotion. And I would like to offer like a new view. I'd say that we are moving towards a new state of commerce. And the way I define it is instead of talking about product, just products, we need to talk about experience. So the E in e-commerce stands for experienced commerce. Uh, instead of just talking price, we should talk about exchange of real value with our customers and instead of just delimiting to a place, commerce is everywhere. So the E stands also for everywhere and instead of just promotion, it's engagement.
1: So we've got experience exchange everywhere and engage. So those are the four E's, the four new E's of commerce. Okay, well, let's start and go through them uh, one by one. Let's start with experience. What do you see as the future of commerce experiences? Are brands realizing the importance of offering more than just that transaction, do you think?
0: Yeah, as you said, um, historically, we've seen that particular e-commerce or digital sales in general have been very focused on the transaction, so very focused on conversion rates, on getting people to buy, purchase stuff. But I think that we need to think beyond that nowadays. It's great, of course, that uh, digital realm gives us the opportunity to measure stuff. Uh, I, I do not mean that... Uh, in that sense that uh, we don't need to, to use data, but I think that we need to think beyond just the transaction. We need to think that people want to experience things and both online and offline. I think that a, a great example, I le- I read an article the other day uh,
1: on uh,
0: a company called Gymshark. You may know them. Uh, I love Gymshark. Be... I, actually, mentioned, I yeah. actually referenced
1: them in a different podcast. They're such an interesting brand and doing so doing so well.
0: Yeah, it's great. So basically, a sportwear brand and they find kind of exactly what I had been wondering about for a long time. I'm very interested in training in general, I train myself and I like, you know, going uh, to the gym and stuff. And I thought, how come that sport brands do not open a store where you can experience clothing and training equipment as you were at the gym? In a real setting. Um, Exactly. Then this store exists now, and it's Gymshark, right? That has opened uh, their new, new store in
1: on Regent Street in London. On Regent Street in London, which is for those who aren't maybe as familiar, a prime prime real real estate within uh, within London. Yeah, it's great. It's
0: like a two floor with lots of areas to work for workout, workout, gym, personal training, you know, VIP personal shopping and stuff like that. They've taken this to a whole new level. It's not about the product. It's not just about the equipment you need to, for your training, but it's experiencing the product in the environment where you're going to use it. So, I think it's a great way to think about it. And I think that I think it's he, the founder or their CEO, Ben Francis, he is a really mm-hmm. visionary. He wants to make this store, he wants it to become a cathedral to the brands uh, where people, people come and can immerse in the experience of, of experiencing the products. So I think it's quite exciting and I, it's just one example, but there's so many other examples in the beauty sector as well, Sephora, uh, take the the online experience as well to another level where they are offering nowadays like AI to analyze your your skin to see what product is the best for you.
1: And, and you focused quite a lot there on physical retail and physical commerce transactions, but I mean, this has to translate online too. The next E on your list was exchange. Tell us more about what you mean by exchange. Yeah,
0: what I think about exchange is that, of course, customers or consumers buy stuff because they need it. But I think that beyond the product, more than a product, they just buy a solution to a problem. You buy something because you need to solve a problem a need you have, right? So what I mean by exchange is that we should maybe think about what is it in in my product that actually creates value for the customer, a value exchange. So to exemplify this, I think of like, I'm in grocery, within grocery stores or grocery in general. The problem they are solving for me is that not only like I need to feed myself, but I am I'm a, I am I am a mom of two. I have two children and I work quite a lot. So for me, is they should make it easier for me to answer the question: What what shall we have to, for dinner? What are we having for dinner? Okay, I need to think about their questions like seven times a, a, a week. You know what I mean? So what I would expect from grocery stores is not only that they offer the butter or whatever at a good price. They know exactly what products I buy every week so they could make it easier for me by helping me make a, a shopping list by offering with based on the on the products I, I prefer uh to offer me like recipes oh this week you may have this week menu for your children because they need they know that i have two children whatever that they use the data in a way that creates some kind of exchange of value uh apart from the product that's uh, in within grocery but we see that examples in uh, we can use it in any other category, for instance, within pharmaceutical products. If you think of, for instance, uh, streaming services, all right, you can try their products or services free of charge with a subscription, right? So, first you try the service, you see this exchange of value, and then you can maybe decide, oh, I will get a premium subscription because I see that this creates value for me. So, it's exchange, as I say, from going just to service a product to How do we make the person, this person's life easier? And another good example of this in Sweden is a company called Shell Company. During the pandemic, people could not go to stores, right? You could not go to physical stores. So they saw that, okay, customers are not coming to our physical stores. Then we will go to the customer. They made themselves available for the customer through video, through live streaming, and they help the customer by educating them uh, with lots of information about how how a lot of how-tos, you
1: know. I love this story because it reminds me of Blom. and I'm going to ruin the pronunciation here, so <laughs> apologies to all our Swedish listeners. But Blomf De London, yeah who who we spoke to in the last series when they talked about you know during covid suddenly everyone wanted to become a gardener yeah and so, that's wait, so true but you, you couldn't go you couldn't go to the garden center but suddenly everyone you know whether you had a little balcony or a windowsill or a little patch outside your window and everyone suddenly wanted to be gardening and so they created this live streaming approach And not expecting it to be hugely successful, but it was a massive, massive hit. Hmm. Because ultimately, as well as presenting the products in a different way, but it's also engaging with the audience in a different way and building that relationship. And so much about what you're talking about in this exchange section is about the basic needs of needing to create a relationship with Yeah, absolutely. A two-way relationship with your audience.
0: Absolutely. So for me, you can uh, uh, do that in different ways. For instance, with good customer service being available, uh, education, teaching people about real products, not expecting them to buy, it, but to know more, you know, to know more about, yeah. about yeah. How, how they make their life easier. And uh, within the sector we work at, logistics, for instance, we see that creating value for the customer is giving them freedom of choice in the checkout. How can I get my parcel the easiest way possible and um, what what is uh the best way for me here and now because oh something we see as well is that it's very situational the way you want to get a parcel it depends a lot on what your plans are for the week it depends a lot are you are you in a way that week are you working do you have your in my case i to have my children do uh, you know this week or not so Creating value in that sense is like offering the alternatives that your target group really, really uh, want to see in the checkout. Um, yeah, I don't know but if you know, but in Sweden, we have something called distribution points, like pudos. you may call them in the UK. It's very common to pick up your parcels in the, your grocery store. Uh, it's the largest in our, we, we, have, we have followed this historically in our report, and um, nowadays it's 46% of our parcels that go to these distribution points. Um, but we see uh, that uh, interest for uh, parcel lockers and ha- home deliveries is quite, quite, quite a lot, particularly during the pandemic. This was, uh, yeah, it was a huge, it's a huge difference. And it's also a huge difference on customers' expectations. What do you expect from the uh, delivery experience?
1: Okay, and I think most people now identify with the next E, which is everywhere. Consumers expect to be able to buy across any channel, wherever they are. We know that now. What are the biggest challenges for brands when it comes to delivering on that expectation? Because it's huge. Yeah, it is huge.
0: This relates a little bit to what Jordan mentioned in a previous podcast. uh, uh, The fact that buying journey has become a lot more complex nowadays. So as he said something like the purchases uh, the, the touch points go from has gone from like two to five or six touch points before you make a purchase, which is kind of amazing. Something we see very clearly in our report is that customers want to get communication from in different ways. Uh, They want to connect with brands and companies in different ways, depending on where they are in the buying journeys. For instance, we see that when I am in like uh, discovery mode, when I want to get inspiration, particularly women, it's Instagram, it's social media. 60% of women discover new products through these channels. Only 20% of men say that they they do the same. Uh, But it's the opposite. These numbers are the opposite for YouTube, for instance. So guys are more... (laughs) More um, ten more to use YouTube to discover new products and and when it comes to communication, when uh, when we ask customers when do how do you want a, companies to communicate with you, then they said that sixty six percent that they prefer to get offers and information via email, for instance, or newsletters. So it's a completely different depending on where you, the customer is on the journey or what mode you are, <laughs> the, the way you want to get both information and offers. I think it's very important for companies to think with the customer in focus and and also think of the data we have and understand, okay, what are the channels our, our, our customers prefer when it comes to binary products, but also how we communicate and back again to the customer and to the problem you're solving. What problem do we solve? Are we solving a problem with this for the customer in their daily life? So I, I, I was in a, actually in a lecture at Amazon in Sweden And I I got really inspired by something they said. They talked about their 16 principles. They have 16 principles on innovation, how this company keeps innovating. I thought it was really, really uh, inspiring. And one thing they said was that in absolutely every meeting, they always have an empty uh, seat, an empty chair. Why? Because that's the place the customer
1: is sitting
0: at. So the customer is always there in all, every single meeting.
1: So then our final E, which is engage and talking about that customer experience and giving that customer the seat at the literal table by the sounds of it. How will the role of community building change and adapt over the next 12 months, do you think?
0: I think it's a huge change and the expectations from the customers are much higher. Back to what we uh, talked previously about transaction going to, from transaction to actual relationship. Um, I think that it has to do with how we have changed our behavior and expectations online. Well, you know, when we start using social media, 2007, 2008, something, it would be like, I have... Uh, 500 friends on Facebook, whatever. But nowadays it's more like who are of those people are you actually interacting and connecting with? It doesn't have to do with quantity, it has to do with quality, the quality of the you know relationship. So uh, I think that companies should think the same way and uh, engage and actually build some kind of connection that goes beyond the transaction. And that I, the way you did that, I think is with creating some kind of sense or, or, or sensation or emotion around your product uh, or service. One example of this, there's many good examples uh, among D2C companies, direct-to-consumer companies in Sweden. Revolution Rates, it's an outdoor company, an, an outdoor brand um, from a little town in Sweden called Buros, that is like the textile center, and e-commerce center in, in Sweden. They were very good at uh, innovating, uh, first innovating uh, when it comes to product development well basically what they thought is okay outdoor clothes are really boring (laughs) they're mostly gray or dark green you know or dark and they thought we're gonna have colorful clothes if you just google revolutionist you would see it's like orange uh, pink you know uh, outdoor clothes uh, really really different Um, and also what they wanted is like to make uh, quality kind of very very uh, good quality products but still available for most of the people like that you are you know affordable so that was the way they thought differently another thing they did was they are huge in social media so instead of having very curated content uh, extremely you know perfect they went out in the woods and filmed and did, made a lot of videos and put them up on the internet like very authentic the way you are when you are outdoors you know um And what this made, this led to a huge number of people following them because they were firstly a cool brand, thinking differently in the outdoor sector, but also they created buzz around the product with creating people that got interested and were ambassadors for the brand. Another good example is a a company called Maya Dolores, riding sportswear company in Sweden. Uh, it was founded by a, a, a girl called Madeleine Blum. She founded the company when she when she was twenty years old. And the amazing thing about this company is that they grew huge organically. I mean, to to grow organically these days is that that's a good thing, right? And how do you think she actually succeeded with this? All right, the thing was that she was actually her target group, and she understood as well the. Uh, networking. How do people talk about a product or the needs they have? Just to give you some numbers, the company Stenover is over 100 million crowns. They have 25 employees and they are now in 70 countries. So it's uh, huge. One of the fastest growing e-commerce companies in Sweden. She understood the problem. She saw that riding clothes were very uncomfortable. How can we make riding clothes com- comfy? You know, And she combined the riding clothes with the functionality of writing clothes with the comfort of training clothes. And that's what she did. So she solved the problem. And then she had the network, as I said. So she understood this, how relations, kind of power relations work within the writing, the equestrian se- sector, right? So she went to all these exhibitions and writing competitions and got in contact with the influencers, that is teachers or trainers. And she gave them giveaways and showed their products and they got to try the products. Oh, this is great. And because she got this network of Influencers, by teachers and things like that. All the students of these teachers interested in the product. So basically, she grew organically by word of mouth and created this community. And I think it has a lot to do back to the basics uh, that we are social beings.
1: We need this sense of belonging. We are social beings. What a friend or a a family member recommends to us holds so much more bearing than a, a strong marketing campaign. And I spoke to uh, someone else on, an, on another podcast uh, the other day about exactly that topic. No, ma- no matter how strong the marketing is, we're almost reverting back to the old, uh, I don't know if you have this in Sweden as well, but the corner shop mentality where you went into a store and the person behind the counter knew you, knew your family, knew your needs, offered a really personalized service because it was personal because they cared because they knew you they knew they knew what you needed and I think we've had this amazing shift where realizing and and capturing the the brilliance of digital and the the potential and opportunities that digital holds and then realizing that actually when it comes to it we need to make those digital experiences as human as possible because actually that's what people are wanting so it's not about the ease or the the convenience necessarily, particularly now, it's about feeling an affinity with a brand, feeling attached to a brand, making more sustainable conscious choices about what you're shopping for and, and who you're buying from and the longer tail impact that those purchases have.
0: Totally. And you mentioned something that I also like to call another E and this the emotional, the emotional value, the emotional value of your offering. Um, so as i said i mean th- th- what what the digital world has given us also is endless number of alternatives we have so mo- so many things to to choose from right so the way to stick out the, in 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 this ocean of alternatives is actually connecting in another level as i said and probably understanding what these people you are solving a problem for what do they identify with and uh lastly another thing another e uh that we haven't discussed so far but i think also is kind of interesting to mention is in- entertainment as a part of of the buying experience uh this we saw very clearly in china for many years ago already you know that lots of companies uh, are testing different ways of of engaging um maybe you know it's not that easy for companies to to work with all, all of this on their side or in their app or wherever uh, they, they, they sell stuff. But I think at least that they need to think in the, the small details, the small things like the way they communicate, uh, the way you send an email to make it more fun, to make it, you know, that people get, get um, curious about you. Uh, So maybe you don't have the opportunity to have a lot of advanced technology with avatars and things, but you do not need that. You just need to think, okay, how can I do this more interesting, more fun, so that people engage with it.
1: I love that. We're going to have to change the name of the podcast to the six E's instead of the four E's. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's okay. We can do that. Soledad, (laughs) thank you so much. That's been so insightful and we've learned so much. It's been fantastic to talk to you. If there have been people listening to this who are interested in in finding out more from you, where can they reach you? What's the best way?
0: The best way is actually LinkedIn because I'm quite active there and Soledad González, you write Soledad González post note, and you'll find me. And uh, I generally, I almost every day uh, post on our insights from our report and trends in your in e-commerce. So yeah, follow me there or connect if you want.
1: Fantastic. And we will make sure that we link the report, the latest report underneath this podcast as well, so you can all get access to it. Soledad, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been amazing to speak to you.
0: Thank you, today.
1: You've been listening to the latest transformation series from Valtek Café. Hit subscribe to get access to our whole back catalogue of conversations. And if you'd like to know more about what we do, why not visit us at valtech.com for all the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.